Welcome on in. It is the Confused Gentlemen. We are back after a long, abbreviated summer. We've had extracurricular activities, specifically one of us, that has precluded us from doing these wonderful podcasts. That's me, guys. <laughs> if you are new to the show, that is Christian. He is on the left side of my screen, and WD is on the right side of my screen. I'll get to you guys in a minute. This is episode... Okay. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. This is episode one of season four of The Confused Gentlemen. We are starting this thing back up, and hopefully to bring you some good content. Uh, gentlemen, how are you? Doing van freaking tastic. I'm excited to be back. We got some good stuff coming. Hopefully more guests. We get some more ideas from the, the social medias. It'll be great. Yes. I'm super pumped. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Your boy got a squat workout in right before the podcast. So the endorphins are flowing. I'm feeling jacked on top of jacked. I got my Gatorade with me. Killing that, putting some electrolytes in my body. If this could go all day, baby, you want to go two hour podcast, three hour podcast? We're back. No, now we are not. We now on normal situations, <laughs> I would say yes, but we are in a special circumstances. Uh, this week, our lovely co co host here, WD, is without wife and kids as they are gone on vacation, which means he can get on Xbox earlier and he doesn't need to be quiet on the mic. So we are going to get this done in about 35 minutes. We are going to get out of here. I'm going to give my son a shower because he's full of sand because he went to the beach today. And we're going to go and uh, play a little Warzone or some Fall Guys and act like children. Sound good? You guys you guys have beaches up in Michigan? Uh, I live really close to hey, the lakes, don't buddy. Don't talk about his in-law like that, okay? That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to, they went to a Great Lake? Not to, they went to Lake St. Clair, which is the uh, like, oh, like okay. the step lake of yeah. all the Great Lakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that I live okay. by. But uh, we're probably going to take them up to Lake Huron here, probably uh, late this later this week or next week. Are the uh, are the lakes cool. great, or is that just their name? No, they're great. Mm, okay, I'll take your word for it. Excellent. Uh, the boys don't know what we have, what I have planned talking about today. Um, I've got two separate topics. One that should be a little bit quicker. Of a discussion, and one that will be uh, hopefully a little bit more discussion. Um, we were talking about last night about introducing a conversation about this guy named Andrew Tate. Did I say that right? It's Andrew Tate, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's been making the waves on the socials and on TikTok, and uh, he has said some remarkable things that is getting the internet a buzz. But we are going to call an audible and go do something else before we reach that. Uh, point. Uh, before I get started with my points or my two discussion uh, uh, papers that I have in front of me, do you guys have anything to say? Want to talk about? Get off your chest or whatever? No. Let's dive into it, man. Let's dive into it. You've been anticipation is okay. Well, let's see. Let's see what you guys want to talk about first. Do you want to talk about child-free adults, or do you want to talk about Michigan medical students? Uh, child-free adults. Okay. I, I know where you're going with. I know where you're going with the, the white coat ceremony. Good. So let's do the. Uh, uh, let's do the child-free. Okay. Adults. So the white coat was the one I was going to hope to have a better discussion on, and I've actually been getting in Reddit debates with non-relevant people but i'm not surprised so, about that do you guys kids will be banned from another, another uh, i got banned from ask reddit subreddit. the subreddit <laughs> ask reddit. i got banned from ask reddit yeah great 
You need to put that on a poster or somewhere in your room. There's like four. I think there's three or four communities I'm banned from. But change your handle to I've been banned from Ask Reddit. (laughs) 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 Okay. Do you guys know what a dink is? D I N K. A dink. Dink. I first I I first heard it this past weekend. Um. I mean, is it in the realm of like Dilf, Milf, Gilf? No. No. Okay. A dink, I would have. Does each letter mean yes. something? Okay. Um, I want to say, I don't know. Okay. Does it mean, I do I know? No, because no is a K, not an N. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's okay. You went to Paul. It's okay. <laughs> He's all jacked on Gatorade and, and endorphins. That, that is true, guys. Hey, don't take my inaccuracies for my quality education. I'm pretty amped right now. A dink stands for double income, no kids. Mm. Oh, lucky. <laughs> Which so, was like. yeah, the double income or the no kids? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got this, uh, this report came out of nature.com slash scientific reports. Uh, titled Prevalence, Age of Decision, and Interpersonal Warmth Judgments of Child-Free Adults. Okay. And okay. the paper is pretty much a survey and it questions at what age people are deciding to have kids or not have kids. More so specifically in this case, to not to have kids aspect. So before we get into this, what have, do you remember ever a time where you may... Have not wanted kids. No. 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 So it was always you wanted kids. At some point in your life, it wasn't like, you know, at 20, definitely don't want kids. 28, things changed. Nope. Nope. It was always. always wanted kids. I've always thought that. It's always been my case as well. Um, I feel I had a glimmer, like, uh, at some point in school, like when I was like 28, fresh out of school, like, yeah, if I don't have a kid. It's okay, but that was only for like a week. What percentage of this survey do you suggest are child-free adults? And this is justified or defined as people who have opted to not have kids and not want kids or do not plan on having kids. I would. What a, I mean, what age groups are we talking about? Um, it doesn't specify an age group, so we're gonna let's just okay. say it's a, adults. Below 35, probably. I would assume. Right? I mean, there's some stats in here that say, like, um, women at 18 and then decision, you know, they checked them again, like, at age 38. So, l- let's just go childbearing years. Okay. All right. So, what percentage of the survey people want or do not want Are child-free. Classified child-free. Child, or, I'm sorry. Child-free. Usually. As a permanent, as a permanent decision? Correct. Okay. So I want my uh, immediate thought is like thirty percent, but I feel like the way you're asking it, it's probably a little more astronomical than we would think. So I'm gonna let thirty be my safe, my safe bet, and then I'm gonna let forty-two because why not be my high bet? I'm I want to go a little bit higher. I'm gonna go sixty to sixty-five percent, mm-hmm. and the reason being is that I feel like we're coming to a time where it's it's more acceptable not to have kids. 
I, I do or have them at at least a later age. So I know for a while it's always like get married, you know, when you're in college or right after you get out of college, pop out some kids, start your life. But now I think people are realizing that a society is is crazy, yeah. and to raise a family in this society, you got to have a backbone, or you know, you gotta you gotta be steadfast in your values, whatever they may be, left, right, middle, it doesn't matter. You're really going to have to stand fast, stay steadfast to that. So I do think it's a higher percentage than what you would think. Maybe not quite 60, 65, but that was my initial thought. So if we were playing prices right, you both lose. Oh, nice. Um, I'm going to give you the fact, the statistic for parents compromised 49.62%. Now with that number, readjust and what do you think? What's the first number that pops you in for child-free? Wait, I'm not understanding what you just said. Yeah. I'm sorry. People, the prevalence of child-free adults is second only to parents who compromise 49.62% of the respondents of the oh, survey. Okay. 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 So 50% are parents. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't realize that was part of the game. Nor did I. I thought it was that, no, you're, I, I, you're okay. Yeah, I did too. Um, I'm going to go with about 11%. Mm, I, I'm going to go with 21. Wow. You just won double showcase, buddy. Twenty-one point six four percent of the respondent wow. <laughs> of the respondents really reported really as child-free adults. Ten uh, percent were undecided. Uh, Nine point six not yet parents, so they plan on being them, and the other ones are insignificant. So only nine percent say that they they know they're going to have kids. No, no, no. Out of that survey. Uh, yes, nine percent. Include. So if you want to add those into the parents, 60, 60% of the people are parents or plan to be parents. Gotcha. And so a fifth are choosing not to be a parent and not to have a children. Hmm. So I came across and I found it quite interesting to think, okay, a fifth of the population don't want kids. And which totally goes against historical data. And you guys already brought up a few, a few topics or a few reasons why someone would not want to have kids, you know, everything like that. And I kind of agree, but I also feel that the bigger reason is is out of pure greed. 100%. <clears throat> they don't want to interfere with their lives, and they want to have money and go on vacations and have the house and the car and. When you would read through, I found this on Reddit, and when you would read through the comments, a lot of people who were choosing not to have kids are doing so because they would say things like, I can hardly support myself. How can I support to have a kid? Which I find to be mm -hmm. a kind of a, a BX excuse yeah. because you'll find a ways to support your kid to make it work. To make it work. You just got to be thrown into that situation. Exactly. I, I, maybe the article states this. I would be interested to know the people – uh, that survey to twenty one point six percent. The type of household they grew up in. That's a that's a good was, thought too. Was what were their parents like? Always there, uh, supportive, family oriented, or was it kind of like you do your own thing? I'm going to do my. You know, there's parents. You know that I'm, you know growing up that I knew that they let their kids do whatever. Yeah. You know, I wasn't allowed to do whatever. You know, everything was family oriented, which was great. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, so I would be interested to know that percentage. Uh, the, the, the study did not disclose any of that information, um, but mm -hmm. the author was actually in the comment section 
of Reddit, and someone asked her regarding like, did financial situation take into account someone being having a child or not? And she goes, no, this was just strictly, do you want a kid or don't you want a kid? So there's there was no external um, criteria for this. That makes sense. And another thing I talked about was like, we talked about greed. I also wrote down like maybe responsibility, jobs. Like, I think people again, the kind of like WD's point. Did they see uh, a two parent household? Did they see uh, a supportive parent? Because uh, if they didn't see that growing up, that responsibility may be a lot more daunting to them. Um, if they didn't see that, um, and I can definitely see that. Uh, I guess the doubt that grows out of that. Are you not seeing mm-hmm. that and wanting to be the also I put like jobs like if they are double income are they is their job their hobby right or is their job their child per se you is know, their why? job their job awesome discussion mm-hmm. <laughs> is their yeah. job their job <laughs> I hate you <laughs> um so they make uh, a distinction here and it said that um. We find that most child-free adults report that they did they decided they did not want children during the prime of childbearing years. 34% in their teens, 31% in their 20s, of uh, 17% in their 30s, 6% in their 40s, 7% later. So a whopping 65% are making the decision in their teens and in their 20s. Does that Say anything, speak anything to you guys? I think that speaks of household right there. Your teens mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. 20s. That, that's something that having to do with a family or your experience with or without family. Because I feel like if that was a later on young adult 30s uh, decision, then that's your lifestyle, I would feel like. But with it being so early, I definitely feel like that kind of gives more into the household that they grew up in and or even their financial status going out. And being very young adults, um, and seeing where they're at there and how they set themselves up. So, but I do think, with that being such a younger statistic, I do think that eases more into WD's thought where it was talking about what household did they grow up in. I, I mean, I think it's fair, but I think it speaks more to the social climate of a country or of a state or of a county. Um, if you get people in high school in those early college years that see. Um, you know, a mountain of of personal debt with student loans, and they see how difficult the job market is, or they currently see a recession, and they currently see stock market draws, and they see forty year olds struggling, and all they read about, and it makes it no wonder that hey, I see all this happening. Why would I want to enter that field? Conversely, you know, they and they don't really see the the good or the positive outcomes of parenthood and everything that comes around with that well, well i think too because i before because i i would find it very rare that someone has a kid and regrets that kid i don't find that to be a real too common cause i agree but what i was saying is i completely understand the social aspect and when learning about just in my college years because i was a history major just different you know, fluctuations of society, you know, a lot of times in America, we go very left, and then we overcorrect to right, and then we go very left, and we overcorrect right, and that's kind of the climate, or the, I guess, what's the word, the pattern that we've seen, mm-hmm. and I think 
um, is very easy if you're not educated to those patterns to have those quick reactions to, I'm not having my kid in this. Well, your kid may not be in that situation in five or 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I, I think uh, education may have something to, something to do with it, with the social climate. I understand right now we have a very volatile social climate. Um, I think it's very hard for us to speak the truth. I think it's very hard for us to disagree, which I think is very immature. I think people who can't disagree need to grow up, in my di- in my opinion. Um, if we can't have discussions, then uh, you need to grow up. Yeah. I, I just that, That's like my biggest pet peeve. I don't mind if you're, you have a different opinion, but you better be able to speak about it in a very adult, mature way. Uh, but that's for another topic. But in society... I do think we're we are seeing some volatile uh volatile situations that i could see that skewing some people to be like i don't want to put my kid in that well and there's all this fear mongering too you yes. got school shootings you got the, the 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 gun <laughs> the uh you sound like me now <laughs> um you know the the gun uh the red flag laws you know all that stuff it all ties in to whether you believe this or not doesn't matter. This is what I believe. I do believe that our government is trying in a way to separate families um, by indoctrination, you know, at schools with different um, different areas that is, you know, different uh, moral and values that uh, don't seem to line up correctly. And so I do think there is an ultimate agenda. And so that's probably, people are probably catching on to that. And that's probably what, you know, kids, well, I say kids, but teenagers and young adults in their 20s are, they're there in that 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 system, right? Mm-hmm. They're in the, the schools. They're seeing it. They're being taught by people are like, why would you want to bring kids in this world? You know, mm-hmm. like, why would you want them to go through what you're having to go through? Or they're spinning it in the complete opposite way of, no one's going to look out for you. No one's going to look out for your kids. It's all up to you. And the, the, you know, these set of people are out to get you. Right. So, yeah, I think there's a lot there. Um, it's be, it, it does lead to a falling, um, you know, fertility rate. And especially among different, uh, ethnic groups, right. White people are not mm-hmm. populating as quickly as um, Hispanics, right? So mm-hmm. there's that component. Do you, you don't get you don't you don't you don't get benefits. So why why would you? Yeah. Speaking of things not being popular, I had an associate, and he brought up he just recently moved from up north to take a promotion at our site, and we got on the topic of church. And something he said to me, not really on topic, but talking about, you know, what's popular or what's not popular. He says, I actually will consider being a Christian now that's not popular. Interesting. And I was like, that's a very interesting take. He said, like, he grew up in it, but, like, everybody was a Christian. So, like, he's like, I don't want to be like everybody, he said. And interesting. That's, that's, that's the mentality of every angsty teenager, every right. alternative teenager. You go through those phases, yeah. whether or not you come out of them, that's the story. Right. But I believe everybody goes through sure. something in that nature. But, and I think you meant it in a very more sincere way than like an angsty team. But mm-hmm. what you said is true. You know, I think he was just like, I'm actually going to think about it now. 
because nobody's. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was more like no one's pressuring me to do it because it's not the cool thing anymore. And now he can have like make his own decision, you know. Because just like Kip, Kip wants everybody to be a little Catholic boy, so maybe I should help this dude be a little Catholic. When did I say that? <laughs> well, I, I do. I do think the church. I do think the church is seeing not your your grandioso churches and all, but you're more like you know, like six to a thousand member churches. We are not huge, but right. you know, they're they're, they're rather large. Mm-hmm. I think they're realizing that not to be pushy, right? Right. right. Like don't go out there mm-hmm. and be like you're going straight to hell if you don't go to church. You know, forcing people to, you know, you could be God fearing, but there's a difference between which they should have did, never been like that in the first place. In my did opinion. you, sure. did you, since we're on this topic briefly, did you see Jordan Peterson's YouTube video? It, it quoted my message to Christian churches. Or my message. Go, go take so. a listen to it. It's, I think it's about ten or fifteen minutes long, mm-hmm. and yeah. he discusses about what the churches should do to get young people back. And and one of them is not to is not is not pressing in, into that sense like you just described those, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but to more accept and, and and to not accept everyone or not be open to everyone to say like you know if you if you got like you got a set of troubled kids you tell them. Come here. We can help you. Mm-hmm. Right. Give them direction. Give them leadership. Give nice. them morals. Give them something to live for, something to yeah. be productive for. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. So give that a listen. We may have to follow up on that. He does it for the Christian churches. He does it for a Muslim church. He does a message for CEOs. It's quite quite funny. Mm-hmm. Quick question. Yes or no? Do you think our population globally is like seven and a half billion, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost it's almost eight now. Do you think we will ever stalemate out or decrease? Do you, do do you right think now? we will ever have a stalemate and reach a maximum, or do you think we will ever decrease in global population? I think not now. My yeah, I think my answer is no. We we will not have a stall, uh, and I'll back that up a little bit. Uh, I just had a read an article. The other day, uh, Turkey is actually giving families money to have, kids. To have four kids. Yep. To have four kids. Hmm. To or yeah, it was, I'm pretty sure it was Turkey. Um, to have four kids, and that's they're, they're you know they're trying to get their population up and things mm-hmm. like that. I think barring any nuclear holocaust, any random ash, <laughs> random asteroid hitting the earth, you know, you know yeah. something crazy. Um, I think you're you're just going to have a steady, and I do think there is the false notion that uh, too many people is a bad thing. Uh, if you look at the yeah, if you look at the amount of land surface area the world has, you could and you put all eight billion. Let's say you have eight billion. Um, I believe it would still fit inside like the United States or something. It's something really small, yeah. and you would still have all this land. Yeah. So the notion that we're becoming overpopulated and, and you, you know, with the methane gas and the greenhouse stuff, all that shit. It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. No. It, it, it's fear mongering. At, at it well, I mean, and I, and I think people see, I think just kind of counterpointing. There are people who are like it, where I live that are, you know, Metro Atlanta, 
that you do see a lot more people moving out of the city into our area. So maybe as our little cities maybe getting overcrowded more, sure. But like you said, Dubs, in a, in a global scale, we have plenty mm-hmm. of space. Like if you really need, if we really need space, you can go find some land. You know. Mm-hmm. May not be where you want it to be, but if you want land, go find it. You know, so. Well, let's move on to the second story of the evening. Ooh. On Sunday, the University of Michigan held their white go coat go. ceremony uh, for all the medical students. Uh, a white coat ceremony is where the incoming medical students recite oaths and they get their white coats and they kind of get that. Um, graduation into med school or into being your first step to being a doctor. It's a, it's a meaningful thing mm-hmm. and it's what a med student should take great pride in on Sunday, July, what was that? July 24th, I believe it mm-hmm. would have been. Mm-hmm. There was dozens of students who walked out because of the keynote speaker. This keynote speaker is named Dr. Kristen Collier, Collier, C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Probably Collier. She is a Michigan faculty member. She is a primary care physician, and she has spoken multiple times to uh, his performance speeches and things like that. Uh, she was chosen to do the keynote address through a system of nominations and voting by the medical school honor society. Okay. So she was not just some random doctor or some random speaker. Highly favored chose specifically. Right. Um, The article mentions that she's been faculty for 17 years. According to her introduction by the Dean, she's described as enormously popular teacher and physician she deserves it she serves as the director for medical schools health spirituality and religion program uh, frequent speaker and panelist on issues of bioethics the, the role of spirituality in healthcare. and on her twitter she has written about racism ageism and ableism in medicine and advocated for better health care access for incarcerated people and residents of rural rural america sounds like a pretty good yeah Physician, a well-rounded physician, thinks of alternate ideas. Uh, the reason these students have walked out on her is because she is anti-abortion. So now the discussion is not about, or the reason I bring this up is not because she uh, of the abortion topic, is more or less that these students, they, uh, they estimate around roughly 70 of the 170 incoming students, walked out in, quote, in solidarity because of her anti-abortion stance. And they cite the whole, it's right, you know, women's right to choose and reproductive rights for everyone, et cetera, et cetera. The standard talking points on that access. The other funny thing is that her speech was not about abortion at all. Her speech was just about being a physician in general. But it didn't matter. These students still left. So given that information that you know now, before I go further, what is your thoughts, Christian? Because I saw a face you made. So obviously, I'm against abortion as well. I'll just say it. I think 
if you honestly if i could be really candid if you choose to have sex you the moment you choose to have sex you have then so you, the same you, you, accept, responsibility. you accepted the out, the outcome of what preg- of what sex can correct, do. Correct. Correct. One of the outcomes is you get pregnant. One of the outcomes is you become a father. Right. You. Ex- that's one of the outcomes of it. You can't. You can't eat your cake and have your cake and eat it too. Right. So, like in my thought, in my belief, is if you have sex, you sh- are responsible for that child. If you don't want to be pregnant. Don't have sex. Obviously, there are extreme circumstances that always gets brought up. Rape, you know, incest, all those things. Okay. You know what? We can have a discussion on that. But still, at the end of the day, Christians are the most over... Out of the people who adopt, Christians are the highest population of people who adopt. So the whole Christians are against abortion... But are, is everybody going to adopt? We're the highest category of people who adopt children. So, okay, okay done. That's the end of that discussion. I also think that the whole in solidarity crap, at no point were they trying to bring light to move or bring light to the issue at no point were they trying to speak up for those women. This was to get themselves some attention. I'm like, it's so dumb. I'm gonna do this in a public thing in solidarity, so I can move my needle of popularity just a little more, and I could be the person who walked out in the white coat. Dude, nobody cares. In five years, in one year, in two weeks, no one's gonna know who you are. In retrospect to this event. And at no point did you add value to the discussion one way or the other. So this whole in solidarity, unless you're going to add value one way or the other, just shut up. I like it. I like fiery Christy. Christy. Christian. This is good. It's the hair baby. (laughs) That's right. Dubs? If if you don't know I'm bald, that that was a joke. So the the people who walked out, they already had their white coats. They already said the Hippocratic Oath. Is that not correct? I don't know. Okay. More than likely, they probably did. Right. So part of the Hippocratic Oath is you will refrain from causing harm or hurt. Right. Okay. So if they pledge, say that in quotes, if they, if they say they're going to honor that, isn't ripping a human out of someone causing hurt and harm? Right? Well, Okay. So this is where you get where there needs to be a standard definition of what abortion is. And this is where the right. fight always okay. lies in. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Because I can see one side of the advocate, the doctors responding to the health and health and safety of the mother. And I'm not by doing the abortion, I'm saving her. The other aspect is the OBGYN saying, well, I have to care for the mother and the child inside because if she does something wrong to the baby, she could be sued for malpractice. Mm-hmm. Right, no, and they treat that, they treat the baby as a, as a patient. There's legal aspects where if you're a drunk driver and you kill a pregnant mom, you can get charged with double homicide. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of definition clauses that can happen. And, see, that, and that, there, that and there's frustrates me real quick. That part frustrates me. You you can't say that the baby in the belly 
or the fetus or whatever, it, it is not alive. And then in the law, you could be charged for double homicide the, if yeah. you kill somebody that's pregnant. My other you, favorite. You, you can't have both. <laughs> right. Like, you can't. Yeah. You can't like, have your cake and eat it too. Like you can't. You can't bend the law to how you want it. The law is the law. It should be concrete. So either that person that's drunk driving killed that woman. That's a terrible thing. But if she's pregnant, if it's double homicide, then what you're doing in abortion is homicide. And if it's not, then it's not. But we you we gotta have a clear definition somewhere where this is this is the line. And then we need that's where the argument needs to begin or the discussion needs to begin. Because we're seeing, like you said, it's gonna be double homicide if you kill someone that's pregnant. Rightfully so. But if I have an abortion, I didn't kill anybody. So the other one that I like that they often say is that it's a fetus not a baby mm-hmm. right and i got two two points to this you google fetus and the definition is and the an un, an un oh my god an unborn offspring of a mammal in particular an unborn human baby more than eight weeks after conception Fetus is a descriptive term in medical terminology. It describes the de- developmental stage in a human life. No different than embryo, fetus, infant, toddler, child, adult, teenager. They're all descriptive terms of just different stages of human development. Mm-hmm. I don't know in any of my studies in healthcare, have I come across a book that described the fetus as not a life or is not a human or is not part of a human so so it's my problem is not the argument of abortion or standing in solidarity you're completely being hypocritical to what you're supposed to be as a doctor you're supposed to be unbiased which is why I have to take bias training classes in Michigan to continue my licensure you're supposed to treat patients based on their symptoms and not as their past. You could have two patients in an emergency room, a cop and the you know the, the bank robber. The criminal. Right, criminal. They both get shot. You can't treat the cop with more care than the bank robber. Right. I agree. So by you, by doctors protesting or by showing solidarity or making statements like this, you are making judgments based off opinion and not medical decision-making. It is not your responsibility as a doctor to define if abortion is good or not. That are what lawmakers are for. It is not your job to advocate for a woman's right to choose. That is a lawmaker's position. Your job is to treat the patient, and if your patient wants an abortion, and you're and it's legal in your state, and you want to perform that, then okay. If you are against abortion and you don't want to do that procedure, that's your right as a doctor to refuse service and send them to somewhere else. But it's not your position to make these stances of what is right, what is wrong, on a le- both on a, on a legal decision. I don't know how I would feel if I was a fellow peer with that those group of students that left. 
especially knowing that the keynote speaker did not even discuss anything regarding abortion. Mm-hmm. If anything, she is a very progressive medical provider by discussing things of ageism and ableism and racism and incarceration care, etc., etc. She's looking at other aspects that a lot of the medical community misses or don't perform. I would be livid knowing these are my peers, knowing that I'm going to have to work with them at some point likely in the future, and I'm going to have to deal with this crap. Because it's not up it's not for me to say. The keynote speaker, she this is a quote from her speech, which is what I think would be important for these students to know. And I quote, you can easily end up seeing your patients as a bag of blood and bones or viewing life as molecules in motion. Get to know your patients as human beings, not just their scans, labs, chemistry, and data. Those are important words that I think they all missed, that they should all be listening to. Because eventually you're going to come across a time or a case where you're going to have to make a difficult decision. And you're going to have to rely on what the human wants and not just off the data that it presents. Mm-hmm. As I said, I was in discussion on Reddit with some of these people. And I find the, the, the topic of abortion is done so loosely and so nonchalant and so as accepted standard. But it totally undermines clinical decision-making. And here's an example I bring up. A woman wants you to cut, you know, cut the baby out and perform, a, perform an abortion. You're uh, pressured into doing that procedure because it's what the patient wants. The patient's always right. Do what the patient wants. Right. It's her choice. She can decide what she wants. If a healthy adult male were to come to you and say, I don't want my foot, cut it off, it would be very irresponsible for that doctor to do it. Just because the patient wanted to do it doesn't mean you do it because you're doing harm to that patient. The proper steps is to get that patient in some type of therapy to discuss why do you not want your foot. Right. Mm-hmm. I hope for the sake of these students that walked out that in 10 years, five years, they realize how stupid they look and how unprofessional and immature and childish. A very small percentage will, I guarantee you. Probably. It won't be, it won't be most. Probably because you're, you're having this pattern of doctors who are entering the workforce who are all about affirmation of patient care. They will do whatever the patient wants, and that is not what the job of the doctor is to do. Your job as a doctor is to do what's best for the patient and disclose problems that they have and steps and solutions they have to fix said problem. Mm-hmm. It is not to virtue signal. It is not to make myself feel good because I made 80 people happy today. It is not there to throw signs and protest and say weird stuff because Congress or lawmakers are being idiots and fighting over stuff. It was upsetting when I first read it 
and I I couldn't. It, it got me in a tizzy. <laughs> It'll be interesting to know if someone leaks out the names of these future doctors. I bet it's going to happen. And to see how that affects their career. Yeah. You know, I got there Our pediatrician who we see, when we were looking her up and kind of looking at her, I saw her Google review star rating was like 1.5. I'm like, oh, she can't recommend it? What happened here? <laughs> you go through the reviews and you just see it littered with this doctor's a homophobe. This doctor won't do this. This doctor won't treat this. The origin story is the pediatrician, one of the pediatricians in the office, there's three, would not care for a child of a gay couple because of her religious beliefs. She did not tell these people to leave the office or get out of my office or to hell with you. She just simply said, I can't do it, but one of the other associates in this practice can. Mm-hmm. They took to the, the Twitter and the mob came at them, so they got hit with reviews from all over the country, from people who don't have kids, who've never seen her, who never touched her, <laughs> and just got demolished. And she stayed in practice, she stayed in business, and it seems like people didn't care, but it's like, you're screwing up medical care. If you think there's a problem with healthcare now, you're going to have a big problem in 15 years. Yeah. And it's not going to be because of the cost. It's going to be because of the actions of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts? Anything? That's what you said right there. Mm-hmm. About 15 <laughs> years, it's not going to be because of money. It's going to be because of action. That, that sums it up, I think, perfectly. I, I really do. With that said, that concludes our two-topic discussion for the evening. Uh, do we have the return of the Dubby Nuggy? <laughs> do we? We have the return of the Dubby hey. Nuggy. And it's, you know, with the James Webb <clears throat> telescope, all these beautiful images coming out, yep. which is amazing, actually. I had to do something about space. And what I found out is that there are more trees, trees on Earth than there are stars in our galaxy. I don't believe it. I don't believe that. Uh, they back it up. It was from NASA.com. <laughs> so was that NASA is, with two A's at the end? <laughs> <laughs> NASA. NASA. <laughs> 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 .org. .org. My bad. .org. Oh, okay. <laughs> or .gov. There are more trees um, on Earth more, than stars in yes. our galaxy. So in the Milky Way galaxy, yes. there are more stars correct. than trees. Or more trees than That's stars. Correct. Yes. I don't know, man. I'll take your word for it. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Hey, that's that's fine. I just speak facts. <laughs> the dub nuggies never lie. The dub nuggies never. Oh, there's got to be what 100 million trees that just get cut down for Christmas every year. So actually, probably yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many tree? How many, did it say numbers? No, it didn't. Mm. I actually did not give numbers. So well, I doubt you can quantify it. Honestly, how can you quantify all the trees on Earth? I don't think you could. That's true because you have to go. To you can, you can, you can estimate estimate yeah. what they are. Well, do they, but there's no. What, do they know the the quantity of stars in the no, galaxy? No, they just know what they the stars they know compared to the trees they know. There's more trees than stars. Okay. So I think Kip is uh, through the reflection of his glasses. No, that's, that's, I think he's uh, fat 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 checking. So as, astronomers I mean, estimate there are a hundred thousand million stars in the Milky Way alone. 
Okay. Hundred million, hundred thousand million. Okay. That's it. Dun, 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 dun. In you in the on Earth, right? They said on Earth. Yep. What else could there be a tree? <laughs> Three trillion trees. So a hundred thousand million. What is that? That's not three trillion. Is that one trillion or is that ten trillion? Uh, I don't. I have no idea. Hundred. Did you say a hundred thousand million? Yes. I have no idea. Hundred thousand million. Well, one of the top Google searches what, is how many how many trees are Earth for stars? What, wouldn't a thousand million be one trillion? In, in my thought process, because you get uh, one thousand one dollar bills is a thousand. A, th- a thousand million is a billion. So it's got to be one trillion to three trillion. It's yeah. got to be what it is, right? So it's a hun- you said a hundred thousand, right? A hundred thousand million. A hundred a hundred thousand million is equal to. Is equal answer is one I guess one trillion hundred yeah mm. how many thousands yeah no that's how many thousands I don't know I just know that that's what <laughs> I just NASA read a headline <laughs> I read the article too sir wow so that's I think it's a trillion so I think it's three trillion to a trillion so which is crazy if you think about it. Yeah, there, so, yeah. USA Today: Three trillion trees is followed is is three followed by twelve zeros, which is more than the number of stars in the Milky Way, and boom. and more than the number of cells in the human brain. Boom! Roasted, Michael Scott. Office. Boom! Roasted. Stanley's heart sucks. Boom! Roasted. <laughs> <laughs> I've been catching up on the Office. Yeah. I mean, I watch it like once a year, and I'm on I'm on season five. Nice. Right now, yeah, yeah, me and my buddy, we're we're doing the boom roasted. <laughs> we're doing our end of shift reports <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> well, gentlemen, that was fun. It's nice to see you two again back on the computer screen. We will be back uh, shortly with another episode. Yeah, uh, yep. Hopefully, and I, I just want to throw this out there. I don't want to ever be fact checked in my life again. <laughs> okay. That's right. Hey, Kip, stick to yourself, my guy. <laughs> well, we can go really down the de- the deep hole and say, well, we we per- we know there's one trillion or estimate one trillion stars, but we're also seeing those are light years away. So we're seeing we're seeing seven years in the past. So is it currently more than because we can't see? <laughs> you want to go down that road at all? It's true. We we could because there be there, yeah. All right, those photos we're seeing from the James Webb Telescope right now are what four point five billion. Years yeah, but they're old? not in our galaxy, so that's okay. That's true. I know. That's true. Right. On any event, my name is Kev for my co-host WD and Christian. We are the Confused Gentlemen. Thank you for listening. We will be back shortly with another episode. Have a great rest of the day. Have a great day, guys. Adios. We're back, baby. We're back.